Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs. And become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 13 of Horror Hill. I'm your host, Eric Peabody, and, well, you know the rest. Get your bug spray, flashlights, headphones, and camping gear ready because... Tonight we're going outside! Everyone's a fan of urban legends, am I right? And if you had one based on something in your very own town, well... I know I'd be tempted to check it out. Caution be damned when it comes to exploring some local spooky morsel. However, this story explains exactly why that may not be such a good idea. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today to get instant access from our friends at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Now, allow me to escort you to a place where the sun dies and nightmares come to life. Welcome, listener, to the Horror Hill. You haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. And now, from author Corpse Child, I give you The Hangman's Trail. Let me tell you one thing first. When your folks tell you to choose your friends wisely, to make sure just how well you know them, listen to them. Clear skies, cool breeze, and the whole week spent hiking with my friends. What could go wrong? Who knows? 
it might just keep you out of shit like what happened to me. It was spring break, and we were all packed into my minivan for a big hiking trip we'd been planning for a couple weeks leading up. See, senior year college classes had put us through hell, so we collectively agreed we needed a break. Our plan is to hike all around Grenview Pines, go sightseeing, explore nature, and just admire the place. Mara, my girlfriend, said she wanted to go somewhere picturesque. Somewhere secluded, you know, like a place you'd think was only in a movie or something, she told me. After hours of scouring Google for places to stage this little getaway, we found this area. When I showed her a few of the snapshots they had listed for the area, she was ecstatic. Oh my god, babe, it's beautiful. We have to go there, please. Personally, I had to agree. The place was gorgeous, at least from what I saw in the photos. It reminded me of when I'd visit my grandparents' cabin in Chimney Rock. It looked like a quiet, peaceful place to just get away from everything and unwind. Exactly what I wanted. When looking for ideal hiking trails in Grenview Pines, I was met with a map with a list of at least five or six that wrapped around the mountain. Most of the various reviews and posts from others about the place seemed to correspond with this. Almost every one of them used phrases like picturesque, vibrant, quiet, and even a few that labeled the place as being straight out of an art gallery. My mind was made then, having also run the idea by the others, Kendrick, Todd, and Todd's girlfriend, Amanda, all of whom had more or less the same reaction about Grenview as Mara and me. The only one that wasn't big on the idea was Shauna. Isn't that where they used to hang people for witchcraft and shit? We looked at her, confused. Yeah, they used to hang women there for witchcraft. So? Todd asked. What does it matter? So, you don't think that's a little insensitive? She retorted. Shauna had a bit of a point there. She was an open Wiccan, spending most of her time outdoors in thickly wooded areas and even hosting online tarot or rune readings every weekend or so for extra cash. That was actually how me and Mara met her for the first time. Unfortunately, Todd was the opposite. His folks were deacons at the local church, and while they were all Baptists, in other words, not exactly the most uppity about that shit, or so I thought, they still weren't very fond of stuff like witchcraft. Because of this, we typically hung out with them separately, but this time I wanted all of us to have fun together as a group. Todd rolled his eyes and remarked, What, are you afraid you're going to burst into flames or something from being on holy ground? Maybe you'll hear your dead ancestors screaming, Save me, Satan, or some shit. Shauna wasn't amused. I could tell she was two seconds from kicking Todd's ass and flaking on the trip, so I stepped in. That's enough, Todd. Leave her alone. What? I'm just saying... She's being all prude and sensitive about it because she knows I'm right. Go fuck yourself, Todd. He mockingly said in a fake voice, Uh-oh, you hear that? She'll curse me. I'm so scared now. Ooh. I said knock it off, 
I shouted. He scoffed before throwing his hands up and storming off. I turned back to Shauna, whose face was a mix of anger and something else, almost of some sort of paranoia. Hey, I said, putting my hand on her shoulder. Don't let him get to you. He's just an asshole sometimes. Yeah, sure, she said. Whatever, but seriously, that place is fucked up. My grandmother told me about it. She used to visit that place. She said there was a trail called Trail of the Hanged Whores. She told me that was where people would, back in the day, drag women, strip them, and hang them for being witches before burning them as an offering to the hangman. I looked at her, confused. Her face was frozen in an expression of anxiety. I could tell she wasn't bullshitting here, or not intentionally. Hangman? I asked. Who's that? I don't remember his name. Draco, maybe. Something Draco. But yeah, he was like this batshit insane guy who was all religious and stuff and was a local witch hunter for the area back in the day. From what I was told, he would hide out in the woods deep in the mountains, waiting to attack witches whenever they'd gather there. Draco, I wondered. I'd never heard of that name before from any lectures in my history classes about the witch trials. I figured he must have been a small-timer, not all that notable like Matthew Hopkins or someone like that. Either that or people must have tried to keep his name hidden from the history books, maybe out of fear or shame, or possibly both. How many did he... Don't know exactly. At least a couple hundred for sure. But at some point he died. Still, though, women were being hanged there for witchcraft. My grandmother told me it still happens even today. Even though, you know, we don't hunt witches anymore. Who's doing it? I asked, admittedly shocked. That's just it. Nobody knows. Grandma told me it's the ghost of the hangman, possessing people or something, telling them to hunt and kill people they think are witches. Others say it's some sort of cult or something. Either way, I'm just really not a fan. I was stumped. I wasn't sure what to say. Like I said, I wanted to have all my friends with me for this trip, but how could I argue with her here? Sure, I wasn't completely buying the whole ghost of witchfinder cadet haunting the trails of Grenview Pines thing. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Later on, I did look up a bit of history on the place. 
She was at least telling the truth about the site being the place where executions took place during the witch trials. She was also right about many disappearances of women after supposedly hiking that trail, with no mention of any hangman or anything like that. I even tried looking up the name Draco, but nothing. Even still, I guess I could see why she was uncomfortable with the place. It did seem fucked up to drag her to a place where people like her were killed for having a different religion. That Saturday, we all gathered at my house. I told her it was up to her if she wanted to come along or not. It was another two days before I got a text from her saying she was willing to give it a shot. Well, look who decided to show up after all, Todd sneered. Cut it out, man, I retorted. We haven't even left the house yet. Fine, just saying though, you might want to watch out for little Miss Blair Witch here. Who knows what'll happen to people like... I said that's enough! He rolled his eyes and sighed before throwing his stuff into the van. Once we all packed into the van, making sure Todd and Shauna were as far apart as possible, it was Grenview Pines or bust. Fortunately, the drive was more or less smooth sailing from that point. Things seemed all good and well, aside from maybe Shauna's constant look of worry she had chiseled on her face the closer we came to the mountain pass. I noticed that even this seemed to pass a bit once we entered Grenview Pines. Now, I'm not exaggerating when I say that mine and Mara's breaths were literally taken right out of us seeing the mountain. Kendrick and Todd kept gawking in every direction as we went along, constantly shouting, Bro, check this out! Or, Dude, you gotta see this! Amanda couldn't stop squealing like a little girl who found out she got a pony for her birthday, constantly trying to snap pictures of the mountain pass. Let me put it to you this way. We were driving through a professional painting that had only just been painted and was still wet. I mean that the colors, the detail, and just the overall atmosphere seemed fresh and new, like it had only been there for a couple of hours, like wet paint on a canvas. The place was alive. Words like beautiful, vibrant, and even picturesque were gross understatements when it came to describing the scenery. Even Shauna seemed to lighten up a bit, smiling out of her window as we drove along. Eventually, Kendrick asked if we could drop anchor so he could take a piss. Ironically enough, we weren't far from the Destin Trail, about half a mile out, and my legs were starting to get tired anyway from driving over four and a half hours straight, so I figured, what the hell, and stopped. It was here, though, at the entrance to the trail, that Shauna started looking nervous again. However, when I asked her about it, she shook her head and said, it's fine. Just thought I... She trailed off, looking deep into the trail. What? I asked. Her eyes snapped back to me, seemingly confused. You were saying something. You said that you thought you were something? What's up? She looked back at the trail, eyebrows furrowed in concentration. I don't know, she said. I feel like I... like I sense something. What do you mean? I don't know. I feel something like spiritual energy coming from there. What kind of energy? 
Admittedly, I wasn't sure what to think here. While I wasn't into magic or witchcraft, I wasn't spiritual like Todd. In other words, I'd never really had much to do with anything supernatural-related, stuff like ghosts, demons, or spirits, or mystical energy. I wasn't one to sweep that kind of thing under the rug, either. An open-minded skeptic, essentially. She rubbed her temples, wincing. I don't know, she groaned. Look, you think we can find a different trail? I sighed and looked to the others who'd already started walking in. I could tell Shauna wasn't comfortable with this, but at the same time, what was I going to tell the others? I still didn't understand myself, outside of her objections and a bad feeling. If nothing else, I didn't feel like hearing Todd take jabs at Shauna again. Tell you what, I said finally. We'll do this. We'll hike here for a while. If something starts happening, we'll head back out here immediately. That sound cool? She glanced back and forth between me and the trail, still looking anxious, before sighing and saying, Fine. To help her relax, I promised I'd be right by her side the entire time. She seemed to accept this, and we ran to try and catch up with the others. The trail itself was just as colorful and detailed as the rest of the mountain. You wouldn't have known it by looking at Shauna's face, constantly darting in every direction like she'd seen something or someone watching us. It took about 20 minutes before we finally found them again midway in. They were standing around what looked like some sort of scarecrow or something. It was about seven feet tall and made out of what looked like a person's skeleton tied to a wooden cross. A large black hood hung over the head, and a rope around its neck knotted into a noose that hung like a necklace. Yo, Pat, check this out! Kendrick exclaimed. Cool, huh? What is it? I asked, glancing into the eyes of the thing. It's kind of creepy, Amanda chimed in. I had to agree, and I could see Morrow wasn't keen on the thing either. However, none of us could compare to Shauna, whose face was even whiter than usual looking at the thing. Shauna, Mara called out. What's wrong? Shauna was frozen. Shauna? Very faintly, her mouth opened, and I heard her whisper, Hangman. Huh? Hangman, she repeated. That's him, just like I told you. I looked back at the scarecrow. That's right, Todd sneered with a shit-eating grin. That's the guy that used to hang people like you. I glared at him, hoping he'd pick up that this wasn't the time for him to be an asshole. He didn't, and went on to say... You think we'll find one of your ancestors here, <laughs> hanging around? Laughing. Shauna didn't seem to notice him, though. She didn't seem to notice any of us. She just stood, staring white-faced and jaw-slacked into the scarecrow's face. Shauna, I called out. Nothing. Just standing there, rooted where she stood. I called out her name again, this time shouting, Shauna! 
For a second she was still, before turning around and booking it in the other direction where we came. Shauna! I shouted. Shauna, where are you going? Come back! She was long gone. Let her go, dude, Todd said. Let her go connect with nature or some shit. I turned to him, feeling my blood start to boil. What the hell is wrong with you? I barked. Look, just because she's a witch doesn't mean you get to be an asshole. Aw, how cute. Sticking up for old good witch Glenda there. Look, man, I'm just trying to have some fun here. Not my fault she decides to play with magic and shit. Enough, Todd, Amanda scolded. His eyes went wide hearing this, and he snapped to look at her. Patrick's right. She's a person, too. You don't have the right to be mean to her over beliefs, especially since she hasn't done a single thing to you. Todd stared, shocked. You too, babe? She stood, glaring at him. Wow, he exclaimed, sounding like he'd been betrayed. Great. Okay, you know what? Fine, fuck it, let's go find your little nature girl since y'all like her so much. I was half a second away from force-feeding him a knuckle sandwich with the side of my boot in his ass when I felt Mara tugging at my arm. Come on, we gotta find her before it gets too dark. Looking up, I saw that the sun was indeed going down. The light was just barely bleeding through the trees now. I knew we maybe only had an hour and a half if we were lucky to find Shauna before it got too dark to see anything, and because I'd planned on us stopping mid-trail and building a fire for camping for the night, neither my dumbass nor anybody else bothered to bring a flashlight. We all walked together in the direction we came from, all calling out into the trees around us, Shauna! There was no sound, either from her or anything else. I don't exactly remember hearing sounds other than the five of us. We'd walked for at least an hour, even though I knew we hadn't even been an hour's walk from where we'd started, and there was no sign of Shauna. Where is she? I was starting to get worried. A flurry of thoughts about Shauna being attacked by some wild animal out here in the woods, despite strangely not seeing or hearing any sign of wildlife anywhere or getting hurt and unable to move or get help. God, Shauna, why'd you have to run off? I started thinking about the scarecrow again, wondering what got her this spooked about it. What did she mean by hangman? I thought back to what she told me of the hangman and his supposed ghost and of the weird energy from earlier. Again, not exactly one to believe that sort of thing, But then I remembered what she said about some crazy cult or something devoted to this guy, to the hangman, snatching women and killing them here in the woods in his name or whatever. That put a new thought into my head, making my heart drop into my stomach. What if there could be some maniacs in the woods with us? Had they already gotten Shauna? This caused me to quicken my stride, shouting louder for Shauna. Unfortunately, this did me no good either, and we were finally forced to stop when the sun finally sank far down below the trees. We set up a small fire and laid out our sleeping bags, 
deciding not to bother with the tents since we'd need to be up first thing the next morning to continue looking for Shauna. We just sat around the fire for a while, no one seeming to have anything to say. No one even seemed to have any appetite either, declining my offer to break out the bratwursts I'd brought for us. Everyone just sat, either staring grimly at the fire or looking nervously at the trees surrounding us. Everyone, that is, of course, except for Todd, who looked more annoyed than concerned. This irritated me, but I said nothing. I stared at the fire, listening to it crackle and pop, the only sound in the area, silently praying that Shauna was okay. Amanda broke the silence. I hope she's okay. I'm sure she is, Kendrick replied. I wonder what riled her up. Amanda glared at Todd. What? He exclaimed. What did I do? You're kidding, right? Mara snapped. You don't think that spouting, the hangman's gonna get you, didn't have anything to do with this? How was I supposed to know she'd be such a pussy about it? What is your problem, huh? Where do you get off being a jerk to someone different? You mean besides the fact that she worships the devil? And you're so much better, I chimed, venom seeping into my voice. I don't know what y'all's deal is. If she was so scared of this shit, she shouldn't have come. I'm not going to feel bad for it either. I said what I said. That tore it for me. Oh yeah? I shouted. Well, how about this? Next time, we just leave you out, huh? Then we won't have to deal with an arrogant fuckface like you. He scoffed, rolling his eyes and stood up, grabbing his sleeping bag. Okay, fine. If you guys don't want me around, I'll go. Me and Mandy will sleep over... Oh, hell no, Amanda blurted. You're on your own. We're through. Wait, what? You're not serious. What the fuck, babe? Come on. No, I mean it. I'm not going to be with someone who will be bigoted like that. It's childish, stupid, and I'm not having anything to do with it or you. Todd just stood there for a second, once again dumbfounded. Finally, he sighed and said, Okay, I'm sorry. Please don't... Bye, Todd, she snapped, cutting him off for a second time. Again, he stood for a moment before I saw his face twist into the most deranged glare I'd ever seen from him, and declaring that we'd regret this before storming off into the woods with his stuff. After that, it was silent again. It was late by that point, almost a quarter to midnight, and my eyes became increasingly hard to keep open. Amanda was the first to nod off, followed almost immediately by Kendrick. Mara lasted a little longer, but eventually she was fast asleep. I was the last one to go. I don't know how long I was out, but I remember being briefly awakened to the sound of rustling coming from the woods. Now, real quick, keep in mind, I'm not a light sleeper. I'm usually pretty well conditioned when it comes to sleeping through just about any kind of noise. I grew up in the city usually being as busy at nighttime as it was during the day. 
Plus, the dorm I live in is one of those where somebody in my hall was throwing a party almost every other night. Loud ones, too, suffice to say. I guess, though, because of how worried I was about Shauna and the fact that there hadn't been any sounds around us for so long until just then, I must have noticed out of alarm. Looking around, I saw nothing, and there were no sounds again. Uh, hello? I called out, groggily. Who's there? Nothing. No sounds, no rustling, nothing. Whatever, I thought as I laid back down. I was out again almost instantly. Kendrick shook me when I awakened again, whispering to me, Dude, wake up. Huh? I snapped, almost bolting straight up. Kendrick? Dude, what are you... There's someone in the woods. I cocked my eyebrows at him. What are you talking about? Someone is walking around the woods. I think he's watching us or something. I got up to take a leak when I saw him looking at me behind another tree. It's probably Todd, also having to take a piss or something. That's not it, dude. There were a couple of them scrambling around in the trees. There was something else I saw, too. What? I asked, now noticeably more alarmed. People watching us? But where? Why? It's... it's... He stammered. I noticed then that his entire body was shaking. Oh god, dude, it was a body. It was a dead body hanging from one of the trees. I bolted upright. Where? He pointed off to our left into the woods. Out there. Dude, we gotta get out of here. Who was it? I asked, already getting a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. What? Hanging from the tree. Did you see who it was? I don't know, man. Some chick or something. Bro, what does it even matter? We have to get the hell out of here. Take me to it, I demanded. His face went albino white. Are you fucking nuts, dude? Did you not hear a single word I just fucking said? Someone is watching. Yeah, I heard you, and we have someone missing out there. You forget about that? His face somehow managed to sink further into a state of shock. And you said you saw a body? Yeah, he replied weakly. Don't you think we need to see whether or not it's Shauna? He slumped down, still shaking like he had an alarm clock stuffed down his throat. I quickly scrambled out of my sleeping bag. Come on, let's go get the others. I started shaking Mara awake while he went for Amanda. Sweetheart, hey babe, come on, you gotta wake. Pat, Amanda's gone! What? My head snapped to look at him. He was holding Amanda's sleeping bag with no Amanda. She's gone, dude! He exclaimed. This caused Mara to stir awake. Huh, Patrick? What's going... Come on, babe, we gotta go. I helped her out of her sleeping bag before running over to Kendrick. Where did you see it? See what? Mara asked, joining us. 
Kendrick filled her in on the details while I glanced at Amanda's sleeping bag. On it appeared to be some symbol painted in what I was hoping to God wasn't blood. It looked like a cross with a large hoop dangling from its bottom. Guys, look at this. I pointed to the symbol and they both looked confused. What is that? Mara asked me. I don't know. It looks like one of those symbols Shauna would show us when she'd tell our fortune or something. What did she call them? Runes? I felt a chill run through me. She was right. It did look like something Shauna would have drawn. Then I started thinking about the body Kendrick was panicking over. What if it isn't Shauna's? Kendrick, where's the body? I urged. He was frozen in shock. I shouted his name again, this time breaking him from his stupor. Where's the body? There. Here, he said, shaking. Follow me. He led us about a mile away from our camp when he stopped us. There, in the moonlight, was the silhouette of a woman hanging from one of the distant trees. I saw it. I ran up to it and I screamed, Guys, come quick! It was Amanda. She was stripped completely naked, with her mouth duct taped and her wrists tied behind her back. I retched and had to cover my mouth. Mara and Kendrick came running over. What's going? She cut off abruptly to scream. Kendrick exclaimed, Dear God! Before also retching, Dude, we gotta get out of here! What about her? Mara cried. We can't just leave her here! Better her than us! What about Shauna? Shauna? Kendrick exclaimed. That's why you're worried? Look at Amanda! And didn't you say that it was one of her little witch symbols on her sleeping bag? I hate to say it, but I'm starting to think Todd might have been right. Either way, that's going to be us if we don't get the fuck out of- Guys, shut up! I snapped, cutting him off. You hear that? It was faint, but I could hear something rustling in the trees around us. It was quick, whatever it was, and it sounded like it was darting back and forth from one tree to the next. What? What is that? Mara asked nervously. It's coming from over there. I could hear it again, seeming to close in from all around us. Yeah, I hear it too, Kendrick said, shaking. Come on, we gotta get out of here. What about Amanda? Mara asked. We can't just leave her here. And what about Shauna? She's still... What about us? Look, let's get out of here. We can get help or something. Just please, can we go? All right, here's what we're going to do, I said, tossing Kendrick the keys to the minivan. The sounds were getting closer. Mara, you and Kendrick head back to the van. As soon as you get down the mountain, find the police and have them send somebody out here. What about you? I'm going to see if I can find Shauna. Her eyes bugged out. Look, I'll be fine. Just go. I could tell she was about to try and protest, but Kendrick took her by the hand and began leading her back towards the entrance of the trail. 
The rustling was so close now that it felt right on top of me. Shauna? I called out into the trees. Shauna, is that you? Nothing. Just rustling, zipping from tree to tree all around me. That was when a shiver dropped down my spine, realizing it wasn't just one thing or a person in the woods. I was surrounded, and I couldn't move. I noticed, though, that right as they'd be right on me, where I'd be able to see them, they stopped and began zipping around me instead of towards me. They're circling me. Who's there? I finally managed to shout. There was no response, and the sounds stopped. Who are you? What do you want? Silence. Having finally worked up enough courage to move, I slowly stepped forward. Who are you? What do you want with my friends and me? I took another step forward, slowly advancing to another of the trees behind the one Amanda was hanging from. Why did you... I was cut off when I saw something shoot out from behind the tree and snag my throat, instantly tightening and suffocating me. I clawed frantically at it, but it was no use. The knot tightened around my throat as I felt myself being pulled towards the tree by it. I stumbled and fell, causing me to be dragged on my stomach to the tree. My vision started clouding with every second the knot was around my throat, forcing the air right out of me. I saw a figure step out from behind the tree, holding the other end of the rope, pulling it taut. The figure looked like a man, buck-ass nude and muscular, with a black executioner's hood over his face and a noose around his neck, dangling like a necklace. It was the hangman. He was real. This made my eyes get even bigger, not just from strangulation, but also from pure terror. I would have screamed had the noose not been choking me. I thought I'd died right then and there. As it was, I let out strained wheezing before my vision went completely black. This was quickly thrown out the window when I awoke to what felt like a hot piece of metal being pressed into my side. Directly in front of me was a giant, bright orange light, and I felt an immense heat blasting my face. I groaned in pain as my vision strained back to normal. I saw that I was naked, with my wrists tied and hoisted above my head. Above my left hip was a pentagram in the shape of a goat branded into my skin. I looked up to see more of them gathered around me, all nude with hoods over their faces and wearing noose necklaces. Who are you? I cried out, weakly. They all just stood there, silently glaring at me through their hoods for a moment. Finally, one of them shouted, In the name of the hangman, Edmund Draco, God's destroyer of the wicked and instrument of righteousness... We continue his good work by cleansing the earth of vile creatures like you. What? What are you talking about? Who is Edmund Draco? My mind went back to what Shauna told me about the hangman legend, how he was once a witch hunter named Draco. 
Was this the same guy? Then I remembered what she said about a crazy cult that lurked through these woods, snatching people they saw as witches and killing them. What do you want with me? I didn't do anything. I'm not even a witch. I said another voice, sounding like a young woman. But ye consort with a witch. Ye be in league with one of Lucifer's whores. What are you even talking about? I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that shit. I heard a shocked gasp pass through the crowd. Look, this is fucking insane. Let me go. You hear that? Called another younger voice. This one sounded familiar. Too familiar. He denounces God. He, of his own will, has testified to rejecting Christ. He's in league with a witch, and thus his soul is just as tainted. He must be cleansed. My eyes almost shot from my head. No, that isn't... Todd? He pulled off his hood revealing his smirking face, still looking as devious as ever. My heart stopped abruptly. What are you... Doing the Lord's work. We are ridding the land of the wickedness of witchcraft, just as he, the great hangman, did long ago. He then gestured to the bonfire in front of me. The skeletal scarecrow from before was looming down from behind the blaze. We continue his good work. You're insane! I screamed at him. You all are! You murdered Amanda, your girlfriend! His face instantly dropped his triumphant smirk and became cold, bitter. Ex-girlfriend, remember? She chose, like you, to side with the devil. He's to blame, with his harlot familiar. She is responsible for her death. I started struggling to no use. The rope tied around my wrists was tight, and I began losing feeling in them. You do know there are people who'll come looking for me, right? They'll see what you've done, find all of you, and lock you up for life. His demented grin almost immediately returned, full blast. Oh, really? And who would that be? He then pointed towards the crowd to two of them, dragging long ropes behind them. My blood was chilled once again when, coming towards the bonfire light, I saw that they were dragging Mara and Kendrick's frightened and struggling bodies. You mean them? He chided. Others who've sided against God? You looked to them for aid? He chuckled deviously before saying, That is why you have no hope. You have turned from the Lord and embraced sinfulness. Thus, the lot of you must face the judgment of the hangman. The two men then dragged Kendrick, wheezing intensely and clawing at the rope, in front of the fire. I started feebly struggling again. Don't you fucking touch him, you freak! He paid no attention. I watched as the two figures forced him up to his feet in front of Todd, his body hanging limply in their arms. Kendrick Ulrich, Todd declared, his voice gradually deepening. 
You stand accused of consorting with a witch and being in league with servants of evil. How do you plead? To this, the crowd chanted, Guilty! in unison. Kendrick himself said nothing, only coughing and gasping for air like a hooked fish. Guilty, Todd declared. You have been found guilty in the eyes of the hangman for consorting with the devil. You attempt to play with fire, sell your soul to fire, and therefore, he pointed to the bonfire, it is by fire you must be cleansed. The two men began dragging Kendrick to the bonfire and tying the other end to a tree branch that hung above it. Kendrick tried squirming again, but the men were strong, clutching him with an iron vice grip. After tying his hands behind his back, they hoisted his body by the throat and dropped him to dangle over the flames. I could only watch, breathless and petrified, as my friend was slowly barbecued over the bonfire, dangling by his neck. The flames engulfed him in less than seconds. I still hear the screams he made as he burned alive, if you could even call it that. It didn't sound natural or even human at all, as if you mixed the whistling sound a tea kettle makes with the yowling of a cat. That's what it sounded like. Through it all, Todd just watched with a grin on his face. I felt my own body go limp with terror as Kendrick's screams died with the rest of him. You're a freak, Todd! I cried out in rage. You're an animal! Instead, he didn't acknowledge me, instructing the two men dragging Mara along to bring her to the fire, like Kendrick. This sent my heart racing again. No, Mara, let her go! Mara Edwards, you stand accused of consorting with a witch and being in league with servants of evil. How do you plead? Like with Kendrick, the crowd roared again, Guilty! I tried to yank my arms down from over my head with all my strength. Still, my hands weren't going anywhere. Mara looked up at him, hatred in her eyes and spat in his face. Go to hell! His face enraged again. Todd delivered a swift swipe across her left cheek. You spit in my face? He roared. Hell is where I will personally send you, back to where you belong, slut. He jerked her by the rope around her neck to the fire and tied her hands behind her back. Mara! I cried. Mara! She looked up at me as Todd tied the other end around the branch, readying to drop her into the fire. Her eyes were wide and sad, and I saw her open her mouth, faintly hearing her whisper, I love you, Patrick, before she was dropped over the flames. I screamed and howled until my vocal cords ripped open as Mara burned. It took even longer for her to die than Kendrick, forcing me to listen and watch even longer as she suffered. 
Eventually, it was silent again. I hung limply in my restraints again. I had nothing left. No strength, no motivation, no will to try and fight anymore. This was it. I was next. And there wasn't a damn thing I could do about it. I felt jerked forward toward the fire by the rope around my neck. Todd began his speech again. Patrick Reed, you stand accused of... Freeze! called a voice from the trees to my right. Todd and the crowd all snapped their heads in the direction of the voice. I looked over and immediately went slack-jawed. It was the police. But how? Todd looked just as baffled as me. The crowd slowly began backing away from that area of the woods. All of you, on the ground, hands behind your heads, the officer ordered, pistol trained at Todd. More officers began emerging from the woods, guns drawn and aimed at the crowd. No one made a move. They stood silently as the officers moved in closer. They're the devil's servants, Todd shouted. They too have sided with the evil one. He then pointed at the officer and declared, Seize them for judgment. The crowd went berserk again and leapt for the officers. Instantly, the sounds of gunshots filled the air, and at least ten of them, including Todd himself, dropped dead. Seeing this, the remainder of them fled into the trees left of me, disappearing almost immediately. The officers then covered the area, with a few heading further in after the others who got away. I was speechless, baffled, and awed. I was locked in a state of shock. I was alive. I was just seconds away from being burned alive like my friends, but I was alive. I'd been saved. But the question then came back to me. How? Where had they come from? Who called them? And how did they find me deep in the woods? While one of the officers was cutting me free, I asked him. We got an anonymous call from someone who said they were a friend of yours, he replied. They'd seen your little pal here dragging and hanging a girl's body to a tree a little ways back. When we found the body, we could follow the racket going on, bleeding here. Anonymous call? It didn't take long before it hit me. Shauna. She was still alive. They led me out of the trail and back to my van. Sure enough... There was Shauna, waiting by the van with two other officers. She ran up and quickly snatched me into a bear hug. Are you okay? I'm sorry I ran off like that, but I didn't feel right. And when I saw what Todd did... She stopped and looked around. Where are the others? I gave her a grim expression, being two seconds from bursting into tears and turned my head to the trail entrance. I didn't need to say anything. She understood enough to start tearing up immediately. What I did manage to choke out was, Thank you. Of course. You're my friend, and you always stood up for me. I just wished I could have been quicker with it. Maybe then... 
she trailed off, looking towards the trail again. After that, Shauna hugged me tightly before being escorted away by a police officer as an ambulance showed up and checked me out. Once that was all over with, I was finally allowed to go home, a couple of police cars following as escorts back to my house. To say I didn't sleep well that night is a grave understatement, and it's not gotten any better. I feel afraid to be around people now after what happened. I haven't felt comfortable leaving my house, save for the quick grocery run I made two days ago. I still kept occasional contact with Shauna. It was about a week after this all happened that she texted me pictures of her grandmother's old journal. Apparently, she kept it for documenting her trips. In them, she has a detailed history of Grenview Pines, which, of course, would include, among a bunch of other far more bizarre ghost stories, the Trail of the Hanged Whores. She convinced me to write this, both for comfort and a warning. I spent hours reading, more or less, the same thing she told me about before. Back in the witch trials, Edmund Draco was a proclaimed expert witch hunter, whose M.O. was the cleansing of the earth from the plague of witchcraft, to quote the text. He was known to perform public executions in those woods, where he would drag the devil's whores, as he constantly referred to them, and hang them over a blazing fire. The text further explains that he had managed to amass his little group of witch hunters who basically all but worshipped the guy and followed his every command. Eventually, it's said that Draco finally managed to meet his match when he executed the head of a particular coven. I think they were called the Violet Sisterhood, maybe. I can't remember. The others managed to exact revenge by killing him one night in his sleep. It was said that the hangman's spirit became tethered to the land, forever linked to that trail where he executed witches, forever bound to continuing his task and leading his ever-expanding cult in delivering the earth from wickedness. Well, that's what the journal said anyway. And clearly, Shauna and her grandmother weren't the only ones who believed the legend. I still don't believe in the hangman's ghost or any shit like that, but I do believe one thing. The second strongest fear, next to the unknown, is the power of belief. Belief, like what drove Shauna to run away that day, or how people like Todd devoted themselves to this supposed mission of righteousness. The power of belief is a power that should never be underestimated. I also believe that a book should never be judged by its cover. Corny, I know, but I can't lie and say that it doesn't apply here. I'd known Todd, or thought I did, since high school. I never once thought that he'd do the things he did in all that time. And with Grenview Pines itself, an absolutely beautiful place, I wouldn't have thought that such horrible things happened and still happen there. At the same time, where he and Kendrick were quick to assume the worst from Shauna because she was Wiccan, she was the one who saved my life. The last thing I'll say is this. I believe in one other thing. 
They're still out there, in the woods of Grenview Pines, still seeking to rid the land of the wickedness of witchcraft, just as he, the great hangman, did long ago. You've been listening to The Hangman's Trail by Corpse Child. You can find more of tonight's author by checking out their subreddit at www.reddit.com slash r slash corpsechildgospels, where you can find more of their terrifying tales, some of which will be featured very soon on this and other shows on our network. I really do hope you check them out, because there's just loads of content there, all for the reading. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. I'm your host, Eric Peabody, and I'll see you right here at this time next week. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts, and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear a premium, ad-free edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself at chillingtalesfordarknights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012 including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show, and that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, username Viking Guitar, and also on Instagram as Viking Guitar Productions. Until next week, listener... When we meet up once again atop the horror hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener, and whatever you do, if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was hosted by, and its featured tale performed by, yours truly, Eric Peabody. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Felipe Ojeda. 
finalization by Craig Groshek and S.K. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? I do take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for future production. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, please subscribe to us to make sure that you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect any time and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to let us know how we're doing and leave a kind comment. Lastly, don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archives and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, you can hear more of my work on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights podcast. However, I will be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.